Hello. Hey. Welcome to My So Pod Life, the podcast where we lovingly examine the Sanrio pencil case that is My So Called Life. We're your host, Kate. And Selena. Hey. Selena's voice is a little... <laughs> I'm a little crunchy this week. I'm so sorry. My voice is the thing that I use for work. I have to scream a lot. Um, we don't have microphones like we do at this fancy podcast here yeah. at my work. So I've been working on projecting better like I'm supposed to from the right place, but it's not really. Yeah. I'm not great at it. <clears throat> so this is what I sound like. Everybody bombard Selena's gym and tell them to approve getting new mics because <laughs> yeah, because her, for the love of God, her career depends on it <laughs> only. Uh, okay. Uh, well, first off, thank you guys for listening. Um, we seriously have so much fun reading all your messages and stuff on Instagram, your comments. It's been really great interacting with you guys on there. Um, and it's really cool hearing your show theories and everything. So thank you. Just thanks for being here. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Um, this episode is sort of a part B to the previous Christmas episode since it continues to follow Ricky's whole story. And as such, all the stories are sort of intertwined. So we split this one down the middle as well. Just makes it easier. Uh, so I'm going to take the first part of Resolutions, episode 16. So we open on the ball drop in Times Square. So we know it's New Year's Eve. We get a little or we get little vignettes of everybody's New Year's resolutions and voiceover. So they keep showing all the different characters and they kind of are telling us what their New Year's resolutions are. Um, Angela is going to try to be less introspective. Maybe she might have to give it more thought. <laughs> also, she's going to stop doing Jordan Catalano's homework. Gross. Yeah, I, mm, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to let people cheat off you or something, but actually doing the work, mm-hmm. even I would never do that. And after all the stuff that we've like learned in the last episode when he was just being garbage to yeah. her, it's just like, eh, stop it. Um, a, po- a post-coital Sharon vows to never again have sex with Kyle or anyone she doesn't love. And he resolves to spend more time with her and with his dog. He says the dog first. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he says, I'm going to spend more time with the dog. And then there's a long pause. Yeah. And Sharon. And Sharon. <laughs> uh, Brian Krakow is going to stop obs- obsessing over stuff and over Angela Chase. Mr. Katemski is giving up coffee. Danielle wants to badger Patty into letting her wear makeup. <laughs> Ricky wants to find a place he really belongs. Um, and Rayanne, while rudely sticking her whole mouth all over the communal popcorn, uh, resolves to stop drinking for real this time. And most of this, uh, Angela, Ricky, and Rayanne, and Danielle are all in like Angela's living room, or the Chase's living room. Um, and then we go upstairs to hear Patty and Graham's resolutions. I resolve to be less judgmental, less critical, to lighten up, and above all, to be more supportive and less suspicious, no matter how much it sometimes seems like he's hiding something. To tell Hallie Lowenthal once and for all that I'm not going into the restaurant business with her. And to stop all those long talks with her after class. And like, first off, LOL, Patty. Yeah, <laughs> that's never going to happen. She's incapable. I mean, I'd love to see that. But <laughs> there's just no way. And also, Graham, her, like, it's just Hallie Lowenthal. Why? Yeah. 
why put your marriage at risk for Hallie Lowenthal? He loves that giant bag. <laughs> yeah. Think of all the things he, she could like put in there and carry well, for him. You don't know what's in there. Maybe that's the thing. That's like, true. Maybe she's pulling amazing stuff out of that bag. And that's like, we're not seeing that. They're, those scenes are cut or whatever. Yeah. And he's just looking at the potential of like, oh, she could carry all my whisks. I don't right. know what, what whatever cooks carry around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so in the kitchen the next morning, Ricky is looking fabulous in a vest, and we surmise that he is staying with the chases. He's proving to be his amazing self by making the family pancakes and cleaning the house, and he's just, like, on top of it. Like, everything they say, he's just like, oh, yeah, I organized that. Oh, yeah, I cleaned that. Yeah. He's just, like, stellar house guest. Yes, yeah, a real Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. <laughs> After he and Angela leave for school, Graham and Patty have this exchange. If only you'd come into our lives when the girls were still young and impressionable. Ricky, mm. he's incredible. Mm. You know that he reorganized the linen closet? You can't use a dish without washing it. And he's like my mother, only mature. You should adopt. Oh, if only it were that easy. Mm-hmm. Yes, you should adopt him. Yeah, good, good thought. <laughs> yeah. Do it. And I'd like to point out that he's always been this amazing. And you know that if you'd given him a chance earlier. And he could have been in your house doing dishes and being generally incredible if you'd let him stay with you the first time he showed up homeless and bleeding. (laughs) Yeah. But that's just my humble opinion. Well, it might not have been their business. Yeah. Well, we really shouldn't get involved. And now they're like, look how great Ricky is. Like it's it's a surprise. Yeah. Welcome to 1994, you guys. We've all known that. Uh, Patty Cake and Graham Cracker go on to have a not-so-hushed conversation wondering why why Ricky's aunt and uncle haven't come looking for him and that he's uh, already been there for a week and he can't stay forever. And, like, weren't you just talking about how amazing he is and that you should adopt him and now you're like, he can't stay here forever? (laughs) Uh, And, like, his face hasn't even healed up. You know, maybe gather some context clues and don't send him back to his scary home life. Totally. (laughs) He shows up with like a busted face that's bleeding and they're like, he should really go home. It's just like, you guys (laughs) read a room. Uh, Ricky hangs back to grab a book that he forgot and he overhears this whole exchange between Patty and Graham. So sad. At school, Mr. Katimsky is edgy from his coffee withdrawals and trying to get the class to participate in a discussion about the Odyssey. But everyone is all lazy with winter break hangover. And also, I'm sure the Odyssey has some allegorical connection to Ricky's story, but I read it literally 20 years ago, and I barely remember it. Well, he's going to explain it later okay. when he talks to Mr. Katinsky Kutinsky- yeah. about the Odyssey. Um, but t- I think the Odyssey is just, it's one of the main things you think of when you think about the hero's journey. Exactly. And yeah. I think that that is the point in a general sense, unless specifically what happens in the odyssey okay that's kind of what i figured just the overarching like hero journey whatever thing but yeah i was trying i was trying to grasp it like any kind of details to write in something here and i was just like i read that in high school and it's i think the odyssey and Macbeth are the only books in my life that i use cliff notes for well cliff the gu- notes. i mean the odyssey is a guy trying to go home trying to find home right. and he has to go through all of these like perils to yeah. get there so that's what it is yeah okay all right. I guess I do get it then. <laughs> in the high school parking lot, Angela is sitting in the backseat of Red doing Jordan's homework while he lies on the trunk and smokes. And this is like a perfect illustration of their entire relationship. Yeah. Just this shot. In an odd moment of self-realization, Jordan says that this is wrong and he can't take advantage of her anymore. And I don't know why he's only starting this now, but sure, whatever. Yeah, it's like he's <laughs> struck by... It's like he's not himself for a moment or yeah. something. Like, what... 
yeah. what possesses him to say this but it's like okay but you can use her for like making out and sex and for like you know your emotional trash can to tell her about all your drama with like tino and the band yeah. and everything and it's like you've used her every step of the way but since you've known her the yeah. line. <laughs> but homework is like oh god no <laughs> This is wrong. Yeah. So Jordan takes the moral high ground, I guess, all of a sudden. In the hallway, Sharon avoids Kyle by ducking into a classroom only to interrupt Rayanne making out with some letterman jacket wearing her bowler cap. Oh, my God. I'm so dumb. Why? Okay. <laughs> so, of course, that's Rayanne's hat. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I was like, all right, they're real good at, like, style and, like, what kind of kids they're dressing and whatever. And yeah. I was like maybe there's a jock who wears a <laughs> ridiculous hat and that's his thing, but I'm not really buying it. And if it were a hat, it'd be more like, I don't know, it'd probably be one of those like cabby flat caps or something. Yeah, like if a, a jock was going to wear like a like silly Like a David hat. Silver hat. Right. Um, of course it's Rayanne's hat. I'm an idiot. I would love to see the Venn diagram where like jockey letterman jacket guys and bowler cap wearing like crosses. They do not. <laughs> there's that's no why slimmer. I was so confused. Okay, I'm uh, dumb. Like this, this like football player saw Benny in June and was yeah. like, "Yeah, I really well, like yeah. that." Style. I mean, maybe I don't know, <laughs> but but now that now that I realize that's what it is, I kind of like that because it's like how many I've seen so many romantic comedy moments where like some guy is wearing a hat and yeah. he puts the hat on the girl's head before they make out. Right. Or something. Like, and I like that Rayanne was the one who put the hat on yeah. his head. That's. <laughs> Okay, I like it. Uh, I'm glad we cleared that up. I also would have loved to, because we watched these episodes separately, and it would have been so fun to watch that with you and be like, who's buying that this jock wears a bowler cap? And be like, Selena, no. That's no. Not- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Um, Sharon's hair, by the way, is smoothed down and tamed, and it looks better. It's not as, like, you know, crazy, um, like, barrel brush curled. Yeah. Um, so it's a little seeker and it looks good. And her outfit is a little cuter, but it looks like like a conservative take on Cher Hor- Horowitz, which is like on brand for Sharon Chersky because Clueless came out the same year as this episode. So it's very of the time. Okay, But I totally, even though it doesn't, because it's, it's basically like a cute kind of shiny shirt and then like a pink cardigan and then like a pink and brown plaid skirt that's a little too long. It's not like the mini thing. And then she's wearing it with like dark brown or black tights. Right. And then probably loafers or whatever well it's also i think cold that's true so because it's it's winter it's new year's yeah so then they live in a place with weather yeah but this this outfit was kind of perfect for sharon because it totally looks like she saw clueless and was like oh i like that style but i can't go full like the mini skirt and everything so it's like the sharon version of a Cher horowitz outfit because she's not gonna have her giant boobs out yeah yeah exactly her global endowments her bazoons. Can i say that every episode her hoots yeah <laughs> uh so yeah kyle finds sharon and declares his love for her right in front of rayanne who looks on giggling and then is stricken with a look of revelation or introspection or something. she realizes something basically so that night outside of the cooking class graham and hallie um or Graham is talking to Hallie while he loads appliances into a wood-paneled Suburban that, to my knowledge, we've never seen before. It's hers? Is that it? That's, I assumed it was her car because I don't... But then why would she be bringing cooking stuff to his cooking class? I, oh, hmm, good point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, because I was looking, I'm like, as far as I know, they both just have, like, station wagon. Yeah. Unless he drives that and we've never seen his car and we've only seen Patty's paddy I wagon. I guess that's possible because they both have cars, I think. Yeah. This, this 
car lives in the garage with the cat right I guess. and all the all the cat food they have for the cat right <laughs> so he informs hallie that he's not going to gamble his family's savings and that he's out on this restaurant idea and she says that's fine because she actually found a space downtown with a fountain and now he can give her an objective opinion on it it has mermaids yeah <laughs> sounds really ugly <laughs> At the Chase house, uh, Danielle is trying to win the great lipstick battle with Patty when Graham comes home. And even though Patty vowed to be more supportive, and earlier that morning she told Graham that he could stay at his class as late as he wanted and he doesn't have to rush home, this is how she greets him. So I guess you stayed late after all. Yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. Really. I get stuck <clears throat> talking to Hallie Lowenthal. Did you? That's great. How is Hallie? Oh, she's just fine. She's... I told her I wasn't doing this restaurant thing. Oh, good. I mean, that's what you wanted to tell her, right? Well, I mean, isn't that what you wanted me to tell her? Well, only if that's what you really want. Which is pretty amazingly passive-aggressive, if Uh, you ask me. (laughs) Yeah, unbelievably. (laughs) Oh, you're home. Oh, okay. And it's just like, you can't promise to be more supportive and positive and then pull this crap it's not well, okay. to be fair she didn't promise out loud to him that's true as far as he knows she promised nothing that's true but if you say you can stay as late as you want i don't mind and yeah. then you come home and do this it's like oh was that a test or something because right. that's <laughs> no very mixed signals okay so i guess not stay as late as i want in the future because yeah mm. Just then, Ricky comes downstairs with his bag and announces that he's leaving, that he straightened stuff out with his family, and he thanks them for his stay. Um, Patty and Graham are concerned and do try to stop him from leaving, but it's so obvious that he's lying just to save face. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. I worked everything out with my family. and Oh, yeah, cool. Thank you. And uh, even if you don't know that he overheard them earlier, you can tell by his tone and his voice that it's all of this is a lie. Like, you can just tell that he's lying. Um and to Patty and Graham's credit, they look suspicious and they don't want him to leave, but like try harder to stop him. Yeah. Like they are kind of like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure everything's OK? But then he just leaves and they look at each other like, I don't think everything's OK. And but, it's like but there's nothing else we could do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you feel that way, just say like, no, why don't you stay here and we'll call your aunt, your aunt and uncle and we'll figure this out. But they just like let him go off into the winter night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So back at Mr. Katimski's class the next day, Ricky is asleep on his desk in the same clothes that he was wearing the day before, that awesome vest. Um, when Mr. Katimski confronts Ricky about why he's so tired and if he has his essay done, he Ricky sputters through an explanation about how he's staying at Angela's and makes up an excuse about why he didn't do this assignment. He says that like her sister had a headache and he had to take her to the emergency room or something. Just then Angela comes in and chases Ricky out into the hallway to say this. Listen, Graham's all concerned. You have to tell her everything's okay. I mean, everything is okay, right? Oh, of course, of course. Well, tell Ryan, okay? She thinks my mom kicked you out or something. She's driving me crazy. Okay, I'll talk to her uh, later. And, like, wrong thing to be concerned about. Yeah. (laughs) Not, hey, where did you go? Or did you find a place to stay? Or is everything all right? Or, like, notice that he's wearing the same thing he was wearing yesterday. Yeah. And make your own conclusions. Yeah. And uh, she's just like, uh, Rayanne's driving me crazy. Can you get her off my back and just, like, tell her that you're fine? Because she's like, keeps asking about you. Like like a friend or something. (laughs) I know. (sighs) This is terrible. 
Ricky promises to talk to Rayanne and then runs off. And just then Mr. Katimsky approaches Angela to confirm the story that Ricky told him. And Angela fully blows his cover by explaining that Ricky left her house last night to go back to his family's where, quote, hopefully everything is okay. <laughs> yeah. So these people have no idea yeah. what it ha- what it's like to be from a family like this. Yeah. Because... I- Hopefully everything is like, okay, all right. Yeah. And also you wouldn't have to say that if you'd asked, I don't know, one follow-up question. (laughs) She then, of course, diverts this conversation to talking about Jordan without naming him to ask how she could hypothetically get help for someone who is, quote, smart, LOL. Well, she said smart in a lot of ways. Okay. (laughs) So that is the kind of thing you would say, like, you know, (laughs) you're not smart, but you have a lot of other qualities. Qualities. (laughs) so like you can secure a really great band loft which you, Tino did that you can't tell when there's a cigarette behind your ear that's true. it is totally camouflaged yeah you do know how to like kind of manipulate people into liking you and then nagging them in a way that makes them like you more i guess so that's you're a skill. A, so you're a narcissist yeah you, you can, have those great narcissist skills. <laughs> you can fix a car. <laughs> <laughs> you can interrupt people with your mouth. <laughs> uh. Uh, anyway, but um, so, yeah, somebody who is, quote, smart, but isn't doing well in school. And Mr. Katimsky directs her to a sign up sheet for an after school tutoring program. And she signs Jordan up without asking him. And this is some real Patty Chase business. <laughs> well, yeah, she, she, you know, you pick up some of it. Yeah. Yeah. I signed you up for those cooking courses. I signed you up for tutoring. It's like they're not even a couple. Yeah. Hmm. In the gym, Rayanne and Sharon are at PE and they rehash the prior day's incident where Rayanne had to witness Kyle declare his love for Sharon. I keep like reliving that moment with you and Kyle. Oh, shut up. I still can't believe the like fact of it. How he declared his love for you. So this is like it for you now, you know, because you're totally fulfilled, right? So then Sharon exposits that she and Kyle had broken up. But then on New Year's Eve, she watched a river runs through it. And then a river did run through it. Uh. Sorry. (laughs) And she got a case of the tingles. And then Kyle was just like there. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sharon confesses that she had a way better time during her booty call with Kyle than the, than when they were supposed to be in love. So, yeah. Um, side note, I can't stand how Sharon does sit-ups in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> with her ha- like where she puts her hands like in the side of her hair and puffs it out instead of just putting them behind her yeah. head. Why is, is she doing that? I don't know. Also, it's always bugged me. The first thing that happens in that scene is Rayanne comes down from Climbing the rope. Climbing a rope. And which, I mean, I know that that's a thing that they used to do in gym class, like in the, 50s. In the olden days yeah. or whatever. Like we never had a rope. No. We had other humiliating things to do. But um, the way that she slides down the rope is like such a good way to burn all the yeah. skin off her palms. <laughs> like that is not how that works at all. Also, like, yeah, we never had rope climbing because that would be such an insane lawsuit. Could you imagine? Oh, that? my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, climb this like twelve foot rope and then don't fall. You'll yeah, be fine. Le- yeah, because learning to do it is like its own activity. So yeah. telling kids, okay, time to climb the rope is insane to me. Yeah, and I would never which, be able to do that. Like I have some other issues with gym class too, which we will get to <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> because gym class, like Graham's cooking class, is also my wheelhouse, and I have thoughts. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it was like the the presidential fitness whatever thing. Oh they my, were like, yeah. either do a pull up or hang for one minute. And I like, I, I, I like, was like, like what neither? if you can't do either? Yeah. <laughs> also, for your presidential fit, physical fitness test, did they? Because one of the things they did was weigh you. Oh. And maybe. And they would like they had stations set up, and they would weigh us and then yell our weight across the no. table <laughs> to the station where they were recording it because there were certain kids who were in charge of recording. No, that's me. <laughs> and they would yell our weight out. It wasn't humiliating or anything. Oh, my gosh. No, they definitely didn't do that. And and another thing they wouldn't be able to do now, because parents would be like, I'm going to see you because my kid needs self-esteem. I mean, whatever. look, I don't, I'm not for that. But in this particular case, good. Because, yeah. Because fuck that exam. Yeah. Like, I never, like, it was 100%. It was, well, it was like maybe 80% of the reason I was like, oh, I'm not athletic things is not for me yeah and also it seems arbitrary like the things where it's like put your foot on this box and see how far you can reach yeah it's like no i'm flexible but i can't do a pull-up so now where are we yeah (laughs) back to zero i don't know how that works yeah i don't know um so okay at an insanely impossible restaurant location graham and hallie and hallie's giant bag are touring this space like this is no startup could afford this. No, this, this place is, is gigantic. It's like it's like it looks like a hotel restaurant. It looks like the first floor of a hotel. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's yeah. like it's like giant with ornate doors. This giant bronze fountain right when you walk in, and then it's storefront downtown. Yeah, which means that is so insanely. It expensive. looks like a Spago. Yeah, or something <laughs> with a fountain and Graham. I mean, well, Grandma kind of is Wolfgang Puck, but, um, you know, with all the cilantro and everything, yeah. but. But Grandma's, like, essentially unemployed. Right. And Hallie's and Hallie a is... commercial real estate, like, broker. So right. how do they have the money for this? They don't. They don't. Unless, I mean, like, I don't know she can Brad get does. a loan, maybe, and, and, yeah, and although Brad won't matter. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I would assume that she can pull strings, beca- like, because maybe she works with these people enough i don't know yeah but it doesn't make sense that they would be able to afford this space because this space is gigantic yeah no and i'm just telling you like unless you have incredible investors backing you or you come from money or even that isn't enough to secure it sometimes because you can go in there and be i mean there are people who call my husband all the time and they're like my husband wants to like buy this space and give me a handbag shop which is real like they'll be like i designed handbags and he wants to give me this boutique and it's just like okay well money and idea aren't enough to open a thing yeah so it's like what city is going to approve this it's just (laughs) it's crazy well it is by the train station yeah there's that it is downtown uh okay so graham says that he thinks the space is wonderful and hallie is being annoying and bouncing around and tugging at graham's coat telling him that her fiance brad has this theory that graham really wants to do this restaurant thing and that he'll cave at the last minute uh she's a lot yeah <laughs> like when you said that this woman stresses you out this she, is how i feel every time they show her yeah it's just like oh god like i would get in my car and exhale and just be like i can't have anyone talk to me for like 30 minutes that yeah. was intense i mean there are a lot of times when this one i have like 20 of this woman mm-hmm. at, in my classes at work which is why i like to leave work and not speak to people for two hours sometimes <laughs> yeah. because i'm just like okay i'm full for that yeah i'm, I'm good <laughs> And then he's going to go into business with her. So she's just going to be there all the time. Yeah. What is she going to do in this business, by the way? Be annoying. Like manage it I or could host? Just, or... Oh, God. I don't know. Like, I could just imagine having worked in restaurants and specifically in restaurants where people who are like, you know, it'd be fun yeah. opening a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have worked in those restaurants. 
and the person who doesn't have the restaurant experience who wants to do it mm-hmm. usually spends most of their time putting their hands in every single thing that they possibly can and screwing it all up. Yeah, like micromanaging like every aspect. Micromanaging, calling vendors back after you already called them and changing your order so that when you get everything in the order, it's not what you thought it was and you're not ready to serve that night because they had some better idea than you did. Yeah, and even it's though like they're not the one who's cooking or wiping things up or whatever it is that they changed the order for. Like Yeah, and if Hallie is like the face or the the like liaison whatever for this restaurant she's going to be the one calling all the suppliers and everything they're going to be so tired of her yeah also (laughs) the guests yeah because if she's going to be there like you know schmoozing everybody bouncing around and saying whatever yeah like that is not a pleasant dining experience yeah i just never thought about that like she wants to get in unless she's going to be a hands-off investor but i can't it doesn't seem like she has the capability to be hands-off anything yeah yeah um if you guys have ideas of what you think Ali's gonna do write to us because i i never even thought about that unless it's been explained and i just glossed over it i I don't think it has okay they're just doing the restaurant together all right (laughs) so at the chase house uncle neil is over um patty tells graham or patty tells him graham isn't going to do the restaurant thing after all and she's actually kind of sad that he's not going through with it uh hey patty tell your face because nobody believes you she's like half smiling while she says this um neil says he doesn't know anything about the restaurant or hallie lowenthal and when patty says she can't believe graham didn't say anything neil badly lies and says like oh oh yeah holly yeah i know what you're talking about and patty looks dubious when Patty excuses herself to take her beer upstairs, Graham, who has just come home, and Neil have this exchange. What'd you say to her? Nothing. Why? What did you do? Nothing. Shut up. Nothing. Mm-hmm. That's not suspicious at all. I know. <laughs> and, like, Neil knows him. So yeah. he's just like, what? Well, Neil also knows about that other lady. Yeah, the office chick? Yeah. Yeah, so he's just like, what are you doing? Um, and the fact that he never told him about it is like super weird. Yeah. Yeah. At school, Angela and Jordan are discussing whether this tutoring thing is a good idea when she shows him the sign up sheet. So whoever's going to tutor you, their name is next to yours. Brain Krakow? Wait, maybe this is a bad idea. No. I mean, if, if I'm already signed up. (laughs) And like... Literally every yeah. time I type out Brian Krakow's name, this is how I say it in my head. And I almost always have to correct brain to Brian in my notes. I, I do too. I have a major problem. Like I I had I had a boyfriend uh-huh. named Brian <laughs> who I realized maybe uh, two months into dating him, his name was Brain in my phone. And yeah. I had just never noticed. <laughs> like I, he would call me and it would say Brain and he would text me and it would, it would say Brain and I just never... I never figured it out because uh, uh, I'm a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> Brain Krakow. Brain Krakow. And it's like, okay, not that that matters. I was going to say, Angela has to have said his name at some point, but he clearly doesn't listen to Angela. No, ever, he doesn't. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would he know? <laughs> yeah. He probably doesn't even know that Brian is somebody that Angela knows. Yeah. He went to his house to drop off her ID, but he's probably just like, he goes to our school. I don't know who this person is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and to be fair, earlier in the episode, he was like, is today New Year's when everybody was saying their resolutions? So yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Yeah, he's a moron. Uh, So just then Brain walks up behind them to discover that he'll be the one that's tutoring Jordan to his utter dismay. Um, In Mr. Katimsky's drama club, everyone is doing some performative screaming exercise while Ricky stands on the sidelines silently and then disappears into the hallway to use a payphone. And we hear his side of the conversation. 
If you move, don't you leave a forwarding number? I, I mean, is there a number? I mean, because they wouldn't just move without telling me. I mean, because, you know, that would be crazy. That would be, like, impossible. Because people don't just do that. Do they? And, like, is there such a thing as sadness-induced vomiting? Yeah. Because that's how I feel right now. Like, my heart wants to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. Also, that the beginning of that clip is so funny. The juxtaposition of his sadness with everyone like, ah, yeah. in the background. I thought it was funny because I watched this episode during my self-imposed vocal rest and everybody's screaming and I'm like, yeah. I can't even talk. <laughs> What's that like? Do people yeah. still scream? Yeah. I miss the screaming. Yeah. And it had only been like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> And you're in like a dark room, like, oh, I'm such a martyr. Oh, the silence. <laughs> yeah, the sacrifice I make. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So uh, Mr. Katimsky comes out in time to see Ricky hang up the phone and can tell something is wrong. And he calls after him. But Ricky just walks away silently. Um, and sensitive side note, Ricky's outfit in this scene is killer. Yeah, <laughs> he looks so good. He does. And I know that's not the point, but I'm just like, oh, gosh, dang it. Like, he he's wearing a bandana, obviously. That's, like, his thing right now because he can't shower because he lives nowhere. Right. So he's just, like, using a bandana. And he has this vintage striped kind of color block sweater and then sort of baggy, not quite parachute pants. And then, like, Lisa boots or high tops or something. And they're tucked into the top of the boots. Yeah. And he kind of looks like, like, it's sort of butch look for him it's yeah he kind of looks like uh like a marky mark backup dancer (laughs) i know this is the second time that i have mentioned mark Wahlberg (laughs) on this podcast and i referred to him as marky mark both times and the first time we talked about it i said yeah in reference to jared leto i think do you think that songs from this show are are his marky mark because you know marky mark yeah well punch you in, I the, was gonna say, in the brain if you call him that mark Wahlberg hears this he's gonna hunt you down <laughs> uh, that yeah so i'm gonna just say right now to marky mark um i know krav maga <laughs> come at me so let's see how that goes come at me Wahlberger. i got i've got a i've got sticks yeah <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah this outfit looks great and i also noticed that the reason like they're really um making him look you know like he's been on the street a little yeah. bit like he doesn't look as shined up his hair is like uh, under these bandanas he looks a little bit oily and then I also noticed that he's not wearing eyeliner yeah and I was like oh that's why yeah like aside from the fact that he has a shiner he's not like perfectly Quaffed. made up like he usually is yeah and, yeah and the difference is stark it's pretty amazing all right Selena's gonna take part two okay so <clears throat> The next day, Mr. Katimsky is alone in his classroom and Ricky comes in to talk ostensibly about the Odyssey. This is the part where he says, hey, I read right. the, can I have an extension? I read the book. And he kind of gives a very g- general synopsis of what the book is, and, and which is that it's, you know, this guy who wants to find home. Oh, right, right, right. Because okay. his essay was supposed to be about, you know, what does Odysseus want? Yeah. Um, so he asks for an extension on that essay and says that he doesn't have a place to live and that Angela's house made him feel lonelier because she has such a great family. And I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, I was really lucky to have a lot of friends, parents that let me stay and hang out and whatever. But sometimes it just made it like way obvious that I was yeah. not part of a family like that. And it just it holds up sucked. a mirror to what you're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Mr. Katimsky 
takes him to the counselor who asks if he's sure that his family has moved. And when Ricky suggests he could go get a job in an apartment, she tells him that's not realistic and suggests that he go to a place called Pride House, which is a group home, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And this is nice, but not super reassuring. Mr. Katimski sounds cautiously optimistic and offers Ricky another donut before he leaves. <laughs> oh, because he gave him a donut. The donuts in this so episode. <laughs> when he, when Ricky first comes into the classroom, Mr. Katimski has this donut in front of him. He's not eating it. And he's like, oh, do you want this donut? Because I gave up coffee and it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. <laughs> so like Ricky eats it, obviously, because he's hungry. Um, and then he offers him another donut. And I legit had to stop the episode and go get donuts <laughs> at this point because I couldn't. I'm so suggestible. Selena texted me and she's like, I literally just stopped the episode and went and got donuts. And I was like, uh, and I, when you sent that to me, I didn't quite know what you're talking about. Cause I had just seen the first half of the oh, show yeah. and I went to eat dinner and then I got that text and I was like, Oh, and then I started watching it and I was like, Oh, that's what she's. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Good move. I was still on my vocal rest though. So literally I wrote down what I wanted on a piece of paper and showed <laughs> it. Cause I'm, I'm not kidding. You didn't just point like I also pointed. Yeah. That's nice. But Did they get it? Yeah, they were fine. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they thought it was a weirdo, but that's never bad. Yeah. So after Ricky leaves, the counselor tells Mr. Katimski that it'll take a few weeks to get him into Pride House and that it's not a perfect system, which is an understatement. And Mr. Katimski is worried about what Ricky is supposed to do in the meantime. So in the hallway, Brian comes up behind Sharon to wish her a happy new year at her locker They've got her in pink again, and I can't see the whole thing, but the top of this outfit, which is a pink floral pinafore-looking thing with a light blue button-up shirt underneath, makes her look like an FLDS child bride. <laughs> I don't like it. This outfit is so bad. It looks like a maternity dress. Like, the way it that does. it hits her, yeah. it, like, cuts her off at a weird place, and then it's wide from, like, her rib cage down. And it's so bad. Like, I saw this in your notes, and I was just like, oh, and like I said, I, after I ate, I went back and watched it, and I was just like, oh, geez. Yeah, and also the way that it's shot, because I, I thought maybe we would see the whole thing at some point. Yeah. We never do. So the way that it's shot makes it seem even more like a maternity dress, because yeah. it's like how you would shoot someone if they were pregnant, but they couldn't be pregnant on the show. Yeah. And yeah. I know she wasn't. Exactly. It's just a bad outfit. Yeah. That's going to, I'm going to mention that later. That's going to come up. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Um, Brian asks about Delia as an intro, as if he cares. Right. <laughs> and then gets to the real reason he's there. He doesn't want to tutor Jordan and wants Sharon to switch with him. Mid-conversation, Kyle walks up and hands Sharon a squeaky bear stuffed animal that says, <laughs> I love you very much. But he just like passes it off to her and walks off without even saying anything or really looking at her, which is super weird. And yeah. she's mortified to have this thing. And then, um, you know, it's, and it squeaks and it's just like it's terrible and it squeaks so much and also yeah. i never thought about this at the time but the, there's no way this plan would work sharon hates jordan so much because yeah, of sharon what you said to angela she jordan, can, she I mean, she's always hated him she has and she's like one of the only ones that can see that he's complete garbage yeah. if brian was like tutor him she would just be like no, no. i'm not wasting my intelligence on this dumb dumb yeah. like, no there's no way <laughs> yeah so Brian finally explains the issue with Jordan, and he's not just talking about Jordan. Wait, wait, Chersky, wait, wait, wait. I mean, just this whole situation, I see it's like I can't even, like, look at him. So, like, it just really boils down to respect, you know? I mean, I have, like, zero respect for him. So, you know, it's that simple. I mean, for me to tutor someone that I don't respect, wouldn't that almost be like using him? It is definitely wrong to use people. I mean... It wouldn't be like using him. 
it would just be annoying for you. Yeah. But, (laughs) but, you know, that's not what we're really talking about here. Yeah, no. So Sharon says she has to tell him the truth because using people is wrong. And I agree. But I also think that in her case, Kyle is what Jack Donaghy and Liz Lemon on 30 Rock would call a sex idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And it is okay to have one of those. Uh. Finally, Sharon stomps off after leaving the bear with Brian, which is super awkward. At tutoring, Brian tries to explain why he can't tutor Jordan to Jordan. So I basically have, like, no real background in the type of stuff you're, like, weak in. So we should probably just, like, re-sign up. And, um, where's my pen? Yeah, he doesn't have a background in, like, the stuff that he's, like, weak in. Which is, like... It's English! Yeah, there's no way that's true. (laughs) There's no way. Like... Can you read? Good. You're one step ahead of Jordan. Right. Get Which going. he actually kind of says like, at the end of the episode when they're talking about it. He kind, he kind of, Jordan kind of says that. Yeah. He's like, make it as basic as yeah. possible. Like, If you think it's too basic, make it more basic yeah. than that. And it's like, yeah, at least you know yourself. Good good job with that. Yeah. Um. So the bear appears again because Brian still has it. And Jordan is all curious about it. And then a girl comes up to ask for an eraser. And Jordan comments that she would sleep with Brian. So who is tutoring who, you know? Oh, God. And this is, like, this is so stupid. It's like, very stupid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I remember the first time I saw this episode thinking, like, do guys really think that? I That's think crazy. they might. Like, oh, I just, can I have a pencil? And it's like, she owes you. <laughs> I mean... In high school, I might have been like, oh, this is a this is a, a simplification. But like now that I'm an adult, yeah, this is what men think. Yeah, it's just. Yes. I was just like, no. That's I looked insane. at you once. I smiled at you once. I didn't actively try to kill you. So I must want to have sex with you. Yeah. You owe like, me. There's literally nothing else. Yeah. There's, it's, it's. Yeah. So this is unfortunately accurate. And um, <laughs> sorry. But. um so Jordan says that Brian should ask for her number. And Brian is like, oh, I can't do that. Ugh. So Jordan goes over to ask her for her number for Brian. So he's done his end of the bargain. And now he wants to talk about the Odyssey. So anyway, uh, the Odyssey is like this real long book, right? And I don't uh, believe I, this. I don't. You like do this? This is like how you live? Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of like, I I don't know. I feel that because yeah. there are people who are just like, oh, hey, want to go out? And I'm like, oh, how do you do that? Yeah. I don't know how to do that now. Yeah. Like, I'll I'll never know how to. Do, I'm almost 40. I'm never going to know how to do that. Yeah. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same fascination that I use when I look at people who are just like inhumanly beautiful. Yeah. I'm just like, you just live like this. this. Like people life? just give you stuff. And yeah. it's just like. <laughs> And I guess I guess the only difference is like you almost never have a chance. You almost never are talking to that person, and you're like in yeah. their bubble because I think that's what's happening to Brian, where he's like, "Oh, what the like heck this, just happened? What just happened?" And it's touching me. Yeah, like it's so it's weird because there's a, like a secondhand. Like I mean, that's why beautiful people and celebrities and whatever have so many hangers on because yeah. when you get in their bubble, you get some of it. Yeah, even if it's. Not for you. Yeah, it rains off on you a little bit. Yeah, and so Brian just watched Jordan go over and, like, talk to this girl and get her number. And then he just, like, throws the number at Brian and is like, all right, so anyway. And Brian's just like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, he's amazed. Yeah. So they're both laughing about the fact that getting random girls' numbers is just how Jordan lives when Angela comes over and they're, like, bros now. And speaking of, like, 
Angela pulling Patty moves. This is such a Patty thing where they're all laughing and having fun. And she comes up and she's just like kind of rains What's on the going break. on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like not even happy. Just like, all right, uh, what are you guys doing? Are you working? Like no happiness. And they're laughing. Right. And she's just like, can you guys, it's basically like, can you guys take this seriously and get back to work? Is like her mood. Right. And, and she says that if tutoring with Brian is weird, that she can help a little longer, like do his homework a little longer. Yeah. And just like, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> ugh, get it together. Especially when Jordan's response to that is this. You could have sex with me though <laughs> if you really want to help oh, oh god <laughs> oh my god i guess that's a, a no. yeah that's a no yeah <laughs> i do like that that interaction felt very high school yeah though. like did. real and high school and she like walks out laughing uncontrollably yeah. somebody shushes her yeah like, it, she's, she's laughing the entire time and that is exactly the response that he deserves yeah that was good so back in the office ricky and mr katimsky discussed the pride house and ricky thanks him for taking the time to try to help in a way that suggests he's used to people giving up on him pretty quickly mm. like he's trying to close it out and be like well thanks for your time anyway and you know that's that's sad. Yeah. Um, Mr. Katimsky says he's on the waiting list for Pride House and that he's been placed into a facility. And Ricky is really concerned about this news because he knows what a facility is. Mr. Katimsky says he knows this will work out, but neither of them seems especially confident. Back at the Chase house, Graham's on the phone with Hallie, who is positing more of Brad's theories about him and trying to get him to do the restaurant. Patty passive-aggressively sends her regards to Hallie, and finally, Graham hangs up with her, and she grills him about whether he's actually going to go into business with her or not. Patty wants to know Graham's New Year's resolution, and he says, exercise more, to which she replies, mine too, and then looks on suspiciously as he leaves the kitchen. And it's like, they've been going back and forth about this restaurant thing for episodes, multiple episodes, and within the episode, like, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I am. I'm not. And it's just, oh my gosh, like, commit already or don't. I don't care. (laughs) Later that night at the facility where Ricky is staying, we can hear fighting and he's tossing and turning on a crappy mattress in a room full of people. So he leaves as a voice in the darkness demands to know where he's going. The next day at the Chase house, Mr. Katimsky is at the door looking for Ricky. He's concerned because Ricky left the shelter and when Patty offers coffee, he says what I've been thinking this whole time. Yes. No, no coffee. Don't you realize this boy was under your roof? Now, how could you just let him go like that. Who, who are you? But but Ricky told us. I don't care what he told you. Now why did you believe? Yeah, yeah. I don't care what he told you. <laughs> why did you believe him? Yes, and it yeah. Like, Someone who has known this kid for like two seconds gets it. And these people who had the opportunity to know him for like almost a whole year, who spent most of it being weird about it because he wears eyeliner, <laughs> could have figured out. That he was full of it. Yeah. Come on. And also, he's a child. Yeah. Like, like he, you know, he's not, well, he said it was okay. And, like, I think that this is a thing. I don't know if this is intentional, but it feels like an example of one of these things that happens, which is that, like, if you are, especially if you're a boy, mm-hmm. but if you are a person of color and you are a teen, you get treated like you're an adult. Oh. Especially when, like, not in a good way. Yeah. Like, oh, you should have known better, or we should try you for this as an adult, or, hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, that happens to black and brown teens and especially boys all the time and this is like feels like one of those things where they're like if it was their own kid it was angela i mean when it was angela yeah patty flipped out and went after her but yeah. when it uh, in the exact same kid but not her kid 
and not a kid that looks like her is in the same situation. It's like, uh, well, this goes back to that. Whole, sure. It'll like, be fine. It's not if, our business. Yeah. It goes back to that whole, like, what if this was Brian Krakow? You know, right. such, like conversation. It, you know, they would go after Brian. Oh, Krakow. yeah. They'd be like, oh, absolutely not. He can't be in a shelter. That's right. crazy. <laughs> yeah. But but, you know, Ricky will be fine because he's used to that or something. Yeah. Like, I don't even think it's something. It's people, not our business. People consciously have that thought of like, oh, he's different, but it's how you get treated. Yeah. Hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Maybe I maybe I'm putting like my own like current filter over <laughs> this, but that seemed like part of what was going on there. Yeah. So Patty open mouth cries about this, but finally someone acknowledges that this kid is in desperate need of some help and attention. And if this crazy pants way of throwing it in their faces <laughs> is what needs to happen for them to understand that, then good. Yeah. It's like finally somebody said it. And Mr. Katimsky, ever since he started, like his character started on the show, is just like on an upward trajectory. Yeah. Like he, he just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. So he apologizes for getting all dramatic. Patty offers him coffee again and they all retreat to the kitchen and and he says vile temptress and I'm like oh is he gonna drink the coffee is he giving up on his coffee yeah. thing I think he I think he gave up I think he did too I forgive him <laughs> at school Sharon announces to Rayanne that she's resolved to stop using Kyle for sex I have to tell him the complete truth I can't become the type of person that would use another person like that because I could end up like you <laughs> no offense none taken None taken. None taken. I could end. She's so, she's so matter of fact. She's like, no, of course. Yeah. Of course you could end up like me. I know. Yeah. I, I, I know what I am. <laughs> but then Kyle is there with that damn bear again, <laughs> which was apparently found hanging from a urinal. <laughs> if you find my bear hanging from a urinal, don't give it back to me. Don't touch it. <laughs> Yuck. He hands it don't to her. Don't give me a urinal bear. No. And he hands it to her and she takes it. It's like hanging by a string. And if somebody said that, I'd be like, ah, oh, clearly I'm not touching that. Would urinal you? bear is also my new band. Yeah, we need urinal bear t-shirts. Yeah, someone please make me that. <laughs> please make it happen. Please send it to me. Uh, me too. <laughs> uh, so he wants to hang at her place later and watch a video. A video. Mm-hmm. the one with the housewives on the run who are babes but you know old babes <laughs> and i was like oh <laughs> you mean the, it took me a second and yeah. then he was like and you know that guy brad pitt yeah and also the women who are younger than we are now in that movie right like the old babes right old babes <laughs> old babes um oh also i was thinking about so He's talking about the old babes, but then he gets real descriptive about Brad Pitt. Yeah. About, especially about his shirtlessness. Yeah, and he's a cowboy. How long and, and, and the cowboy hat and how long they have sex. Yeah. And it, like, remember that yes, part? Yes, the scene at, at the dance. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so where he's looking at Ricky and it's like, what is happening right now? And yeah. it's like, is this another, like, Kyle is gay? Yeah. Hint. Because he, even though he talked about old babes, he did not describe them. He described Brad Pitt. He called them old. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I mean, old babes is like a thing. That's like a compliment. I feel like that's a compliment a gay man has given me. (laughs) But, um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get to find out if this ever goes anywhere. But I'd be real curious to know if it was the seeds of something. That's true. This. Interesting so, theory. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, Brad Pitt. So Sharon can't resist this, I guess. Mm-hmm. River, river, get, river be running. <laughs> right. Ugh. Ugh. You know, that movie is so boring. I've never seen it. It is so boring. All I know is that one of my guy friends saw it and like cried through the whole thing. And he's like, it's the only movie I ever cried. Yeah, because it's mostly about emotional fishing. 
<laughs> with your dad and stuff. I, I mean, it's not a sexy movie. Like okay. I would, A River Runs Through It is not the Brad Pitt movie where you call up your sex idiot afterwards. Yeah. Legends of the Fall is. Oh, okay. Legends of the Fall. That's the one where you call up your sex idiot. I've seen neither. Sorry so. to anybody I've ever called <laughs> after Legends of the Fall. Post Legends of the Fall. I don't think you're an idiot. <laughs> I just mean, you know, other people. It's just like, there. <laughs> um, back at the Chase house, Graham and Patty are worn out from the intensity of that interaction, <laughs> and they hope they hear from Ricky. Graham then says he has to tell Patty something, and her face immediately falls even further, which I did not think was possible. Yeah. I want to open this restaurant. See, I missed Angela's birth because I got stuck in that airport, and I I, I missed college because I did. And and I missed Woodstock twice. I I really, I just, I don't want to miss this. You also missed The Grateful Dead. Oh yeah! Don't forget about that. <laughs> Recently, uh, how did he miss Woodstock twice? Because, well, I guess technically three times, right? Because he missed it the first time around. Then th- didn't they do two Woodstocks in the nineties? In in ninety nine. Oh, so not yet. Huh? They didn't do one before that because wasn't there one that was bad and then one where there was like a fire riot? Uh, those were the same one. Oh, it was the same one. Yeah, Woodstock ninety nine. There was a fire riot and a lot of sexual assault and a bunch of other stuff. I thought that was earlier. We'll, we'll fact check this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Keep going. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Patty's super relieved because she figured he was having an affair, but she doesn't tell him that. She just says she'll be unbelievably supportive and they kiss. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> At peer tutoring, Brian says the girl whose number he got is like a junior and wants to know if Jordan thinks he should still call her and Jordan is uncharacteristically ready to get right to work he wants to start with the basics like we said in exchange for teaching more basic make more it, basic make than it, basic make it more basic more basic than basic is the Rob Zombie song about Jordan Catalano more basic than basic <laughs> okay um, so wait I have update I have an update, update on, on Woodstock. Woodstock so it looks like there was a Woodstock in 94 okay um called two more days of peace and music good okay. job marketing department <laughs> yeah well good, good job marketing department because i never heard of it yeah so i guess there was the the one in 69 and then 94 and then, and then 99, 99 and then the one potentially they're trying to make happen which they should year. not do after no like, <laughs> did you learn nothing <laughs> yeah after the fire riot you got to kind of shut it down yeah it's done yeah so okay uh, or uh, maybe just don't invite limp biscuit <laughs> that might that might have been part of it that's true i i maybe yeah okay so graham was right he missed it twice right and he will soon find out three times unless he goes to 99 and that's <laughs> that's, that's a... why we never hear from him again right <laughs> he, he started the fire right <laughs> uh so anyway back to the the peer tutoring um jordan is is all excited to get right into it um and he says he'll do this in exchange for teaching Brian how to get someone's phone number. And with that, an unholy partnership is formed. <laughs> yeah. With their forces combined. Yeah. I don't know what that would even. Yeah. Yeah. Later that night, Ricky is standing in a phone booth in the pouring rain. The phone rings at Mr. Katimsky's house. It's Ricky calling. Mr. Katimsky says he went to the Chase house and that he could go back there. And Ricky keeps insisting that he's fine and lies that he has a place to stay. He hangs up and sobs in the phone booth while Mr. Katimsky sits staring at his living room and flipping the lamp on and off until he's interrupted by a man who asks how the kid is doing. And when he gets a snappy answer, they have this exchange. 
You're thinking, why didn't I tell him that he could stay here tonight? You're thinking... No, I'm not. Well, I am. We all know what could happen if... if we did take him in. If he got out. You realize what people could make of it? I'd lose my job. Be crucified. I didn't say anything. And that's how we know that this man is his partner, Mr. Katimski is gay, and that nurse was definitely barking up the wrong tree with her coffee thermos. Yeah. Also, Mr. Katimski's partner looks like young Vladimir Putin. He really does. <laughs> and also, I want to live in their apartment because it looks so cozy and wonderful. It does. It looks so nice. Also, yeah. I, I, I have to back to the Putin thing. He also is that sweatshirt. Yeah, that sweater is very like Russian. Yeah, like, the whole like like eighties Russian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so meanwhile at the restaurant space, Graham meets Hallie to tell her he's in. She's lurking in the dark and she startles him. Hallie's worried that she pressured Graham into this, but says people only do what they want to do, which is right. foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Brad had another theory. The implication being that it involved Hallie's interest in Graham, and they broke up. Hallie deflects and says she has to go talk to the lawyer, which at this hour, I don't know. Yeah. Like, and promises Graham won't regret his choice and leaves. I assume he has a key to this building. Otherwise, she's just leaving it open. I don't know. Also, um, she's all bedraggled. Like, it looks like she's been walking in the rain crying. Yeah. Like, her, her hair is all, like, wet and frizzy, and it looks like she has mascara running. So they really played up this, like... Like, oh, I just broke up with, with Brad, but everything's fine. Everybody go talk to the lawyer. Okay, bye. Like, it's weird. Yeah. And manic and mm-hmm. not a good not a good start. Yeah. Go into business with this person for sure. Seems yeah. stable. Yeah. <laughs> so back at Mr. Katimski's house, there's a knock on the door. It's Ricky. He's cold, wet, and in tears, and Mr. Katimski gives him a hug and lets him in, and I have been waiting for this all season. I know. Because, and he says... He says that he's sorry that he showed up, but it got so hard to be alone. It got too hard to be alone. And I just, <laughs> like. And he, like, sobs. Yeah. And uh. the way that, like, also the way that Mr. Katimsky like, lets him in and hugs him and whatever is, like, obviously he's decided, like, fuck what this looks like. Yeah. I'm going to take care of this kid. Because, like, I understand the like wanting to take care of him but also wanting to take care of somebody who is like you who yeah you know like what they're going to be left to if yes. you don't take care of them it's, yeah it's pretty hard to not do that yeah and also i love because you just see your like the cameras in the hallway and so you see ricky's back as he goes into the apartment and meets um Vladimir Putin (laughs) and I just I would love like I love to imagine Ricky's face when he realizes like oh yeah like oh this is a good these are my people it's safe it's fine yeah like yeah I kind of wish we did see his face but I might also be like better yeah it's so good yeah so the door closes and I can only assume they set him a place at the table give him a warm bed and everything starts to feel a million times better na 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 uh yeah such a good ending such a good situation after like all the crap that ricky's been through yeah oh it's so good okay speaking of so good (laughs) let's do it hurts to look at you it hurts to look at you all right so best outfit uh best outfit what you got oh gosh so that i i feel like I can't keep choosing Ricky. Outfit. But his outfit is I know. so good. It's mine Look, too. I lo- yeah, I love that outfit. I would wear that. He looks like he looks so good in it. Mm-hmm. And it's but there's 
you know, he's greasy and his hair's tied up and whatever. And it's like, he looks like shit, yeah. but he still looks great. But like, he looks so good. Yeah. Like when you said he looks like a backup dancer, like on a tour. Yeah. Like when they show somebody's tour behind the scenes, that's what he looks like. Yeah. And I just like, I love it for him. Yeah. It looks so good. And sincerely, I would wear, I, I'm wearing joggers right now. I wear baggy pants pretty much all the time now. <laughs> Because I'm like, I'm not putting on jeans unless I absolutely have to. You I don't, don't even, even own, wear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even own jeans. I haven't had a pair of jeans in my house for like four years at this point. Yeah. I do not wear them. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm I'm so out on tight pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now that like, now that my job is like fitness stuff, it's like, oh, I wear leggings 95% of yeah. the time because I'm in work clothes anyway. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. But this outfit, I was just like, this looks all I don't know that I would have worn them all together, but I own separate pieces that look like all of these pieces. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, I should probably wear all those together. It yeah. looks pretty good. Yeah, you should. All right. Worst look. Uh, I'm going to go with that FLDS dress because <laughs> I it was a maternity gown <laughs> for a 12 year old. And that is not acceptable. <laughs> I, and it was pink again. Yeah. No more pink. It's like pinkish tannish with flowers and then the contrast of like that what could be the same blue blouses whenever last week or the week before right. that, like blousey blouse yeah yeah and it, they are kind of transitioning sharon's look because like so my answer is sharon's share adjacent look you know because yeah. they are kind of like trying to get her into the younger less dowdy less prairie dress kind of look but i wish they would just like go over the edge with it and let her be cute right because she's of, super cute yeah instead of this thing and i wish they would just stop with the pink yeah it's it's a lot <laughs> all right join us next week for episode 17 when we watch rayon be the saddest worst in betrayal we'll talk to you then bye bye Join us each week for a new episode of My SoPod Life. Follow us on Instagram at My SoPod Life to check out visuals from the show. You can also get in touch with us at MySoPodLife at gmail.com and on Facebook at My SoPod Life to join in the conversation. And please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcastery. Talk to you next week. Brain breakout?